everyone to another episode of the greatest comic book review show in the history of the world forever and always. Tales from Spinner Rack. My name is Matt. I'm Corbin. And I'm Jay. Hey, welcome guys. Another week. Another week of, of good books to review. Um, but yeah. we're going to kick off our show with a segment we like to call First Thing First or What'd You Pick Up This Week? Um, this is a segment where we showed things that we might have picked up that are outside of our weekly pull list, um, be it back issues, first appearances, anything like that. So I'll go ahead and kick us off. And I picked up a copy of Ultimate Fallout 4, first appearance of Miles Morales. Beautiful Ooh. copy. Wow, cool. Beautiful copy. And I also picked up a uh, CGC certified 7.0 Spider-Man 194, first appearance of Black Cat. Not nice. just all. Not jealous at all. Beautiful book. It is a beautiful, beautiful copy. Did any of you guys pick up anything this week <laughs> um, that's uh, mentionable or noteworthy? Jay, you got anything? Not outside my huge. I feel yeah. that. Uh, my uh, LCS had a huge uh, pickup of trades that they came into uh, into possession of, so I picked up uh, nothing of real mention. Uh, one of my favorite book of all time, I'll always plug it. The freeze. Picked that up for like five bucks. Uh, also, Batman Hush, uh, Gotham and Gaslight. Huh? Wait, so how, many so how many copies of that now oh, do you have? <laughs> like five. Each different cover I have. The fifth oh, anniversary, cool. That's the tenth cool. anniversary. This one, I have maybe two of the same. Boom. Um, I also have uh, Batman Hush. Um, just a bunch of classics that already been out that were just available in trade for a really cheap price. Nothing different, but to build the trade collection, why not? Aside from that, uh, until we share what we've got later, I didn't really have too much outside of my normal use. Oh, also this gorgeous, always, I'll always plug this gorgeous, gorgeous cover. Look what about that. you, Jay? Nothing outside of your norm? Nah. Nah. In fact, I only picked up like three books this week. So. I do want to start the show out by giving a massive shout out to Matt, the owner of um, Surprise Comics. In Surprise, Arizona, I went in there on Wednesday, and he uh, he was talking to me. He was like, hey, I listened to your guys' show, and you got to come on in and, and check out one of my uh, mystery boxes because he listened to our episode about mystery boxes, and and so I'll definitely have to do that. But I, I, shop, yeah. I shop between Samurai and Surprise most of the time, so big shout-out to Matt uh, and Surprise for supporting the show and uh, talking to me about the content. So we do have a follow-up to that episode today as if you remember corbin said he bought a giant mystery box from mile high comics um so he's gonna open that live on the podcast after we do our reviews because we don't have very many reviews this week um but let's go ahead and jump in to our reviews here on the spinner rack and and get those out of the way who wants to who wants to kick us off with a, a book this week i mean i can start um if anyone has okay i'll just throw up mine uh I read one, two books this week, um, both Batman-related or Batman-adjacent. Um, the first one was Batman Superman number nine. I will share the cover in a split second here. Um, and this is the first time I've picked up the the one with both of these in together, um, as far as Batman and Superman. Uh, it was written by Joshua Williamson with art by Clayton Henry. Uh, and this basically... I mean, the title says it all. Who killed the Atomic Skull? And that was what got me. I love the Atomic Skull. Um, just 
brief. I mean, we all know he was a radioactive blast, basically turned him into who he was. Um, he, his original name was Albert Michaels, and then he just became this um, just atomic energy level villain. Um, in the comics, he had been in, he was in jail and he had been reformed, and yet for some reason. In Gotham, he's just found running the streets, screaming help. And I don't know if you could get, see get this image here, but he is like, help me out. Like, we're not sure why. Um, they are police that are trying to detain him. Obviously, they can't match his energy. They can't match his power. Batman comes on the scene, and Batman's getting ready to put him down. Like, Skull, stop. And what uh, Thomas Skull's trying to say is, listen, man, like, I'm actually here to help you because I know some people who basically are going to use you to go against Superman. And so I'm just here to stop that. Um, and more police come to detain him and they aren't even waiting for an order. They're just trying to shoot to kill. Batman takes them down and realizes that they're basically like, for lack of a better word, walking dead. They're just, they're almost droned people. Um, and so Batman puts him down and then Skull's like, yeah, listen, that's, there's more to this. I'm trying to tell you, like, I escaped so I can warn you. Bad things are coming. And then all of a sudden he freaks out. He's like, please tell Maggie, you know, I said I'm sorry and thank you. And then, boom, he explodes. And the artwork on that was just visually stunning to me. Um, it's a full two-page spread of just him taking out a huge portion or at least a good portion of Gotham on wow. death. Yes. And that gets Superman's attention from Metropolis, who usually he shares that he usually turns off, like he can hear everything, but he usually like tunes off Gotham because he knows Batman has it in good hands. But something he heard was like, oh no, I need to come and figure out what's going on. So he goes to Gotham, he sees the wreckage, he's helping people out, and then he comes into Batman, who's buried under some of the debris. Um, and then Batman basically, listen, we need to move. And in classic Superman Batman fashion, Superman's like, hey, careful, you got a fracture. And Batman just interrupts him and goes, I'm fine. And he's like, just what you'd imagine for a Batman Superman interaction. Superman, um, Batman's filling Superman in. They kind of go over the corpse of uh, the atomic skull. And it goes to um, these two policemen in Gotham Harbor who are trying to investigate what some suspicious behavior. When all of a sudden one of them gets ambushed by, and I'm just going to share the image here before I, before I say it. One of them gets ambushed and killed by um, the ultra humanite. And it turns out that he's the person in charge of this, um, I guess, invasion that he's going to do with atomic people. As he calls them, the atomic army. And he bemoans the fact that, you know, Atomic Skull had to get away to let Batman and Superman know. And he is like, well, I'm sorry he had to die, but it had to happen. But that's fine because if they think that's a tra tragedy, they're going to be devastated by my army. And that's where it ends. So now we kind of know, okay, it was a filler episode. It was solid. I love the artwork on this. Um, I really think that Henry did a great job, not only um, rendering the atomic skull and the way that he looks and the devastation and just his desperation, you know, in a skull, <laughs> but also um, I loved the Batman and Superman um illustrations as well the story was one that just continues to move it along it was kicking off a new storyline you know thomas skull boom what happened there's the mystery and now we keep it moving so i would give this out of five i'd give it a four i think it was a really good really good story um kind of quick nothing much to it but i love that two-page spread um of the thomas skull's death like that one really had me look at it for a good minute and a half like wow that's really nice artwork so four to five for uh, Batman Superman number nine. Ooh. Cool. Well, give me that score one more time, Corbin. 
Four out of five. Nice. Four out of five. Do you want to go next, Jay? Sure. Um, so to to keep riding the uh, the Superman uh, coattails, um, I I got Action Comics number uh, ten twenty two, and it was um, so it's for people who don't know, it's Brian Michael Bendis writing and John Romita Jr. doing the art. Now I want to. See, I, I, for the risk of of being of get receiving tons of hate, I'm not the biggest John Romita Jr. fan. Um, his arts, it's cool. I, it doesn't. It, it for me personally, it's not so bad that it detracts from the story. But sometimes, um, just the way he the way he draws like faces, um, it's just it's kind of weird to me, and it's it's. It's off-putting sometimes for me. But so anyway, so to get into the story, it's um, The House of Kent Part 1, which um, kind of picks up where uh, uh, you're the villain with that whole thing with, with Lex and, and the, the goddess Perpetua and, and the, the uh, Justice League versus the Legion of Doom. Big thing. Anyway, so one of the ways they helped defeat um, uh, Perpetua was they they ended up getting Justice League um, members from like all different timelines and different alternate realities, different uh, uh, play, you know parts in time, and and so one of the the heroes that they ended up getting was Connor Kent, and. Um, Connor is in this universe with Clark and with John and he he kind of doesn't know like no one really knows how he ended up here and or how he can even get back to his his dimension so Superman's kind of trying to help him figure out like you know so how how were you how did you come to be kind of thing and and so they go to the Fortress of Solitude and, and they kind of, um, you, you know, he, he asks them a bunch of questions and, he, you know, he, and, and some of the other uh, Justice League members, you know, kind of confer. And, um, but one of the, the, the things that I, when Brian Michael Bendis, in, in my opinion, when, when he's at his best is when he's putting um, a, a, a human element into some of these some of these heroes into the stories and it can he can be quite uh really impressive when he does that and in my opinion this is um he, he in fact i think this is probably the, the best superman book he's written so far um and not a lot happens the coolest thing though um where i what I'm talking about where I really, where I really think Bendis made it just awesome was when, um, so they're sitting there and oh, so John comes back from the 31st century um, and he meets Connor for the first time. And it's, and they, there was kind of like a, a, like a, like a brotherly thing, almost like instantly. And 
so they're we're like, well, we don't know what to do. What are we? What do we do with this guy? And so Superman goes, I think I know a, an answer. And so he takes him to to um, to what's her face to the Kent's farm to the Kent family farm, and he meets um, he meets his parents and his parents like at first don't recognize him, but then it kind of starts coming back and somehow they, they recognize Connor and um, I don't know. It was just, it was a great, it's a great moment um, of, of like bringing the whole like Superman family together. And it was just a touching part. It was a touching moment for me. Uh, but it was it, it was like a, a simple story. Like I said, not anything explosive happens. There's no you know bad guys in this whole story. It was just Superman getting to know Connor, Connor getting to know John, and um, just embracing each other as family. And it was a really cool story. Again, with everything that's going on around, um, it was nice to see something like this. Nice. What what score do you give it? Uh, I give it... Okay, I'd probably give it higher maybe if it was somebody other than Romita Jr. <laughs> doing the art. So I'll give it... I'll give it a... I'll give it a 4.5. 4.5 out of 5. There. Nice. So, nice review. Yeah, it was a fun story. It was really good. 4.5 out of 5 for a J, huh? Sir, yes, sir. There you go. All right. So <laughs> I guess it's uh I guess it's my turn here. Um I'm going to review a book that Jay and I have been fans of that I'm I'm a little disappointed he didn't pick up this week. I did. I well, I you, got the you digital. Ended up, you ended up finding yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh we're going to go with uh, Red Mother number 5. We lost Corbin apparently. What? Apparently Corbett disappeared, and he messed <laughs> up my whole setup here, my whole shutup. Um, Red Mother number five. It is uh, from Boom Comics, created by Jeremy Hun. Uh, Danny Luckert is the illustrator. Uh, this book has been a instant classic for me, an instant success. Uh, the book opens up with Daisy, our main protagonist, seeing the Red Mother. Yet again, it's confronting her. Finally, she confronts the Red Mother. It chases her down. The giant monster basically chases her down into the subway where she decides she's kind of has enough is enough. And as she is confronting this monster and, it, and it's coming for her, she decides that she's going to push it in front of a train. So she pushes the monster in front of the train, uh, causing it to splatter all over her and everyone around her. And then it cuts to the, the Red Mother splash page, kind of like it does. Uh, so it's kind of like the, the intro, and then you get into the main book where we find out that Daisy has been offered a job in London, and she's trying to decide whether or not she's going to take it. She um, decides to take it, and 
basically she, if you remember from the first issue, her boyfriend was captured by the Red Mother and disappeared and has not been seen since. His brother comes to visit her to tell her that her mo- their mother has decided to finally have a funeral service for her boyfriend and that they're going to do so before she moves away. And that's kind of where it ends, where she decides to accept the offer for the new job in London and go and take it. Uh, kind of a bridge issue um, from the events that from the first couple, the first four issues, kind of a bridge issue to the back half. Uh, good, quick read. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Like I said, Red Mother is a book that has not disappointed me yet. And all five issues, I have not had an issue where I'm like, you know what, this has just been kind of whatever, I don't care, this book is is not my flavor anymore. Definitely not the case when it comes to Red Mother, so I give Red Mother number four, or sorry, Red Mother number five, a four out of five. It's definitely a, a pickup. This is, this is a book that's going to be on my pickup list every single month that it comes out. Um, there's there's rum, rumors going around that it's going to be optioned for a TV show or movie. And I, I absolutely hope it, it does. Cause it is a fantastic mm. book that's worth picking up every time. If you're kind of into that, that um, horror aspect type book, and you're looking for that good kind of mystery slash horror slash graphic book. It, it's definitely one I think worth picking up. Yeah. Um, I do. I totally, totally agree with you in total. Uh, That's a lot of totals, my man. It is. It is. It's, it's total. I, I needed my phone to calculate that many totals. Ten um, <laughs> percent. It's it's good because it, it's like you said. It's it's so fast paced, yet it it still has. Um, you're still emotionally connected with with the 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 main character and you feel her pain and her sadness and her horror. And I am, I'm reluctant to, to show any kind of enthusiasm for this to be interpreted into a TV show. I, one of the reasons why I love comics is because it's, it's one of the, the purest forms of storytelling from, from an artist, it's from an artist to its audience. There's two people, you know, that there's the writer, the artist, and you don't get cinematographers, editors, actor interpretations, producers. You don't get any of that. Um, it is an artist's vision and he tells it the way he wants. And to me, that's, that's, that, that's why so many of these things, they're either, you know, they're, they can be horrible or they can be awesome. And that, and this is so good. And I can't see it existing this good in any kind of other medium, you know, um, I'll probably watch it. Um, <laughs> but do I have ex- high expectations for it? I can't see how any, how, I don't see how this can be any better. Um, but I guess we'll see. I mean, I, that's the thing I like about this, um, this book so much is there's the fact that 
look, we're we're still five issues. We're five issues in to this this book and this series, and we still don't really know what is going on. Like you yeah. only know the monster from the fact that it takes her boyfriend, mm-hmm. takes her eye. She gets a glass eye. She's having these visions, these creepy visions at times. She finally has it, confronts it, and it hasn't been around for a while. But you get that eerie feeling that it's it's not over. So, um, it's it keeps you guessing. It's not hand. It's not spoon feeding you all this stuff. Um, I again, I can't wait for more. I can't wait for more of this book. That's it's yeah. one book like every month when it's it's on the shelf. I'm like, oh man, there you know, gotta pick it up. I gotta have it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Definitely. And that the demon is actually really frightening looking. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> that makes it even cooler. Yeah, yeah. All right. I have to check this out. So, so that's I it. So that's Red Mother number five. Yeah, what was the grade for that again? Four out of five. Got some four, four, and 4.5 out of five. Okay. Who wants to go well, next? I guess we'll just keep the order. I'll hop on in. I got my last book here. Um, this was Batman Detective Comics 1022. Just like the action, we got the detective. Um, you know what? This book, I mean, Peter J. Tomasi, Peter, sorry, Peter J. Tomasi um, with story in words, Brad Walker on pencils. I'm going to say, I'm just going to go into this. I, for one, let's get a positive side. I love Brad Walker's um, on Batman, just on the pencils. It's, it's, it's just great fun to see. Um, I remember just reading this and going, wait a second. I'm looking at Batman. I've read, I mean, I read a bunch of detectives. It's been a while since uh, 1021, but I almost forgot Walker was on it. And then I saw one image of Batman that reminded me of the um, Tales from the Dark Multiverse limited series that came out of how he did the death of Superman uh, reinterpretation of that um, because oh. of the Batman. Anyway, it's it's unique. It's signature. It's, it's, it's Batman, but it's just a touch that is Brad Walker's, and I really enjoy that. As far as the story itself, <sighs> okay. So <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute since uh, Technicomics 1021. Um, based on the story up to this point concerned Harvey Dent, Two Face. Um, he was having struggles with his identity, which is usually you know the beginning of a solid storyline with Two Face, of which there haven't been super many of them. Um, however, he's doing that, and Batman's attempting to solve this mystery between Two Face, this cult that he has that is just dedicate to all things Two-Face and helping him out. Um, and it's been a while, you know, before all this crazy things happened, but the last issue ended based on a cliffhanger where we saw Two-Face shoot Batman pretty much point blank several times in the chest. And it was like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Fine. So now we go from that and it was a really good, like, set-off point. We have this delay. Let's see where we start. We start off with Batman basically hanging over a vat of acid, um, completely restrained, which... I guess is interesting because, okay, well, how, how is Batman going to get himself out of it this time? But he was shot three times in the chest last issue. And there's like no mention of that. Now, mind you, I'm sure he has Kevlar, you know, bullet protection, everything. I'm sure he does. But like that was pretty significant shots. At least you would have thought that Batman would have registered some pain or would have hampered him in any way. No, not really. Um, <laughs> he's in this, vat of, he's tied up and I'll show this little piece of artwork here. Um, Sorry, he's tied up. He's trapped over. Can you see? There you go. He's trapped over the acid. Boom. How's he going to get out? Two faces going on and on about how, you know, people change different sides. You know, 
his ideology of just being two-faced. Um, and long story short, don't really need to belabor the point. Uh, Batman escapes. <laughs> like he just gets out of it and saves Two Face and his men who would have melted from that burial acid. Even though Batman actually was, he got dropped into the acid, but his suit uh, hung around long enough for him to um, escape without melting. Even though his face was not covered, but it happened. Um, and that's another negative. <laughs> Much as I like the colors and the artwork and everything, the angles, the shots, they were very lack of a better word, chaotic. They were all over the place. You can kind of follow, okay, here this happens, here this happens, but it's not super easy, and especially in, like, the first half of the book, it's just all green because the acid. So you're just seeing green, and now he's here, and now he's here, and all of a sudden he's across, and he's shooting a batarang, and it was just really hard to follow, and I kind of lost me. I think that the illustrations could have definitely flowed a lot better um, than it did, and so that was kind of a, a little bit of a downer for me because the artwork was fine, but it did feel kind of pasted together. Um, and actually, it's kind of how the whole book felt, just tacked up and on. Um, in short order, Batman escapes. He escapes the acid. He escapes Two-Face. He finds two of Two-Face's henchmen. He basically beats just the crud out of them. Um, then he goes and say he goes to talk to one of Two-Face's henchmen's wives, because um, the henchman passed away to get more of an understanding of what happened to um, his partner and where he can find him. He goes to the partner. He finds the partner. He says, listen, what's up with Two-Face? Why is he doing all this? And then basically, it's a more complicated story. It turns out that Two-Face is doing all this, but it's not really all his design at all. It's all the Joker. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay, great. I should have known when it literally said at the very top, journey to joker war that this thing wasn't going to be about two-face and it's really about the joker and what i did not like about that is that it feels very much tom kingish and i hate to say that but i don't <laughs> because you make a story and maybe this was an editorial mandate i'm not sure but it seems like peter j tomasi had great pacing had great storytelling everything was building up and all of a sudden it's like a hasty rewrite to go back to scenes that we already read with intentions that were already clear and manipulated to make it so that the Joker was behind it all along. So short, short version, Two-Face was tired of life, went to commit suicide, boom. One of the henchmen found him. Rather than bury him, try to revive him, they decided to keep his body as, um, to hold off to auction or for ransom for the highest bidder. Surprisingly, after two days, nobody shows up. Not the police, not likely. Not Batman, not likely. Not the commissioner, not likely. Not any of his ex-friends, uh, femme fatale, anything. Nobody comes up to save Two-Face or to see how or to, to, to bargain for his body but the Joker. The Joker comes, brings him to a guy who he knows who can do some um, brain surgery to bring him back, but also to be manipulated with some of Mad Hatter's tack tech to do whatever the joker wants him to do so this entire time the joker's been playing two faces strings and that's kind of where we're left at um and then it, like i guess the joker finds like he's blowing something up in some building and he goes oh it looks like i found like some new recruit and that's where the book ends and for me for the end of a storyline after this long i'll wait and how well Tomasi was going with this, I am disappointed, I'm not going to lie. I get that the Joker is going to be the main thing, but I don't like being force-fed that and get it. I get it. The Joker is Batman's arch-nemesis. Uh, you know, whatever you want to say, he is. He is I the don't yin think, to Batman's yang. Exactly, but I don't need that yammed into me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree. Like, like it, exactly. That's why I said I'm yin, yang, yam. That's what I'm saying. Because... I like that. <laughs> thank you. Because... 
Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for profusely for that. Oh, for, they're gonna love for it. that terrible pun and that. Oh, they're gonna love it. They're gonna love it. I'm not even. I'm not apologizing for nothing. Y'all love it. No. Okay. But anyways, because he is, we already know. Like, what is doesn't have to, what is implied doesn't have to be stated. And I don't like the fact that Two Face is just as good as Don Wright of a member of Batman's Royals Gallery. Same as Two Face. Same as Poison Ivy. Same as Catwoman. You don't have to make it so that at the beginning of everything was Joker and Joker made everything happen always from the beginning for everything. No. I think some of the magic in it is that although we know that the Joker is Batman's arch nemesis, the Joker knows that he's Batman's arch nemesis. And then everyone else has their point to play because they all feel like they have something on Batman. You know what I mean? So for the book to finally take this like sudden and direct route where a lot of retconning that wasn't there because I remember reading these issues and like he wasn't the center of it, but all of a sudden, oh, now he was, but it wasn't fully developed. It's just like, oh, you just show me some flashbacks that show the Joker there. It's just highly illogical. Um, kind of lost me as far as the storytelling aspect is concerned, and I'm not excited for it either, even though I understand that editorially they're all big on this Joker war and everything has to tie into that. But I think you can at least finish out a solid storyline that you had been working on for a while close that out and then leave a cliffhanger or something to lead into the Joker, much like Batman Superman did with their book. And so for that, I'm going to give it a two out of five. What? Wow. Well, let's hear yeah. your rebuttal, Jay, because you read this book too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so a little bit different in Corbin is I, I like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I actually liked um, the art. I thought it was, um, some of it was really like uh, like in your face, like especially some of the action parts. Um, it was just it's it was so like bombastic, and it, it just popped. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool, uh, just like action book, you know. Um, it. I, I do agree with Corbin. I did think it was lame that they had to slip the Joker in because when this was all going on, I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. They're bringing Harvey Dent back in a big way and he's actually going to be a threat and he's got like a like a cult behind him and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And yeah, it, they pretty much just make it, oh, no, it was all the Joker's doing. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's lame. That was lame. Um, but it, I, I wouldn't go so low. <laughs> I'd probably, I'd probably give it a, th- I'd probably give it a three. Okay. I'd probably give it a three, three, even three point five. Um, cause, but yeah, it was kind of lame to, to just. It, it's like, it's like you got the rug yanked out from under you. You know, you're, you're sitting there saying thinking to yourself, this is, you know, this is going to be great. And, and all of a sudden it's like, zoink, no. <laughs> joker, 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 joker. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I respect that. So it was, the ending was a letdown. So what's but, your, what's your score on it then, Jay? 3.5. 3.5. All right. Yeah. All right. Jay, you're up next. You got any other books or is that your final book as well? That was it, man. That was all right. Man. I guess I will move on to my final book here. Um, so my final book this week, let me see if I can find it. There we go. Uh, my final book this week is the boys. Dear Becky. Number one. Becky. Um, 
So this book, if you're familiar with the boys series, um, outside of the Amazon TV shows, if you're outside of the, if you're familiar with the boys series, this this series takes place, uh, 12 years after the end of the original boys run. Um, it meets up with you, you meet up with Huey again and he's, uh, in a bar. This book is a little hard to read as it was, it was very, um, in the books, Huey has a very thick Scottish accent and they really drive that home in in this series. Um, Garthinus really drives that into you as you're reading it. So it, it's a little hard to read and, and kind of translate through what they're talking about because it's a very it's written with a very thick accent, uh, Scottish accent. But he's uh, at a bar with a friend talking to one of his uh, trans buddies, and they're just kind of a general conversation. And then it cuts to him. Uh, at home laying on the ground in a fetal position in the bathroom, he receives a um, a notebook that belongs to the butcher's wife, Becky, and it kind of flashes back to some events that take place during the original boys run that you that are never seen. Um, and it, it cuts to the butcher and the Frenchie and all of his his group basically torturing a child for some reason. And uh, they're they're cutting his tongue out with a razor blade, and as he's doing this, um, Huey is is reading the pretty much reading about it in the butcher's words as he's kind of responding to his wife via her diary. Like he found it and he's writing back to her and responding to her, and Huey's reading it, and that's kind of where it it leaves off. It it ends rather abruptly. Um, after they they mutilate this child and they talk about it, uh, it it definitely delivers in the boys' fashion. Like I said, it's a little rough at the beginning with trying to read through that thick Scottish accent, and you kind of you kind of got to read it a couple times, and you're like, oh, okay, that's what they're saying. I get it. Um, and you, you know, it, it was a little bit of work to get through, um, just because of that, and you kind of had to read, kind of be like, what do you, what are they talking about, and how are you know kind of trying to understand how they're putting it because it is with a thick accent and then it finally clicks you're like oh okay that's what it is and you you get through it and um i liked it i'm excited to see where it goes uh like i said the dialogue is a little hard to get through it delivers on the gruesomeness and the the violence that you've come to know from the boys uh i'd probably give it a three five out of five i'm definitely looking forward to issue two and to continue on, but just, I mean, just some of the gruesomeness in this book is, is just out of this world. I'm trying to find like, they, after they cut out the kid's tongue, he's like sitting there screaming at him oh. with no tongue and stuff. So was that good or was that bad? You're saying, no, it was good. Oh. The art's good. The violence is, is on point from what you should expect from the boys. If you're a fan of the first boys series, it's definitely worth picking up. I gave it a three, five out of five. Like I said, the, the dialogue was a little hard to understand, but after you got through that and it kind of ends abruptly, but it's definitely setting up more exciting things to come in the next issue. So I'm really looking forward to issue two. So three, five out of five, definitely be back for issue two. So now you see what I was talking about when I, last week when I was talking, or a couple weeks ago when I was talking about Hellblazer, how they, the, the writers kind of, um, phonetically spell out like yeah. Constantine and everybody's accents. It's, but it's cool though, because when you, when you're used to it and you get into it, it, it kind of like immerses you more into that world, you know, but 
And, and I, I mean, it's interesting that. that you're getting a you're getting a new story that's still taking place in the continuity and timeline of the original story, but it's mm. you're, it's the events in present time are 12 years later. So it's that's still cool. it's still kind of interesting to see where they where they're gonna go with it. So I'll be back for issue two, but I enjoyed issue one a lot. Um, so before that's that's all our reviews for this week. Now, before we get going on to um, Corbin's, uh, oh yeah, I forgot mystery box. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Come we got on. we got a <laughs> little bit of news. I think we need to touch on. We touched on a little bit on after Geek <laughs> on Friday, but I think we can go into a little bit more as more events have transpired since then. But we have an end of an era as DC <laughs> Comics has decided to sever ties with the uh, Diamond distributors significantly ending Diamond's uh, monopoly on the comic book distribution industry. Um, which has caused a lot of retailer backlash as well as they're pulling all their books. So it came out today that this is going to happen as of July. Their books slated for July will not come from Diamond. They're going to come from their new distributors. And the reason it's, it's upsetting stores and shop owners is because one of the distributors that it's going through is a Midtown is directly connected to Midtown comics. So they're almost receiving their comics and buying from a direct competition. And that's where it's causing such a big stir in the, the comic book, well, amongst the comic book shop owners. Um, so basically they're giving their money to their direct competition to, for them to send them the books. Wow. Yeah. That's, so, that's Wow. It's going to be interesting to see how this progresses come, you know, next month as they do that. And we're going to have to find out and hopefully we can get some word from some shop owners what they're going to do as far as all their pre-orders. Because they've had to pre-order all the Joker stuff before Corona hit, the Joker War stuff. Um, Batman 92 comes out next week. That's going to come from Diamond. So I think that's all safe. But who knows up to what point they cut off and how they're going to handle and how Diamond and DC are going to handle that redistribution of those pre-orders. So, it's gonna be we'll crazy. See, but yeah, yeah it, it's gonna be crazy. Do you what, what are you guys? What are you guys' thoughts on this? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? Um, I think the timing of it is bad. I mean, if you're gonna do it, I mean, coming straight off of a comic drop that we've had, stores scrambling to get their footing again, and now it's like, oh no! Not only all of a sudden. Uh, are you going to be scrambling just to get people in the door and everything with the new books? But also, you're going to have to go find some different ways to get your books after this because of our own uh, lack of capital with which we need to go and find other dealers to or other uh, distribution distribution methods to get books. I don't think that it is fair to the comic shops. I think that some will suffer um, in result of it. Um, I mean, one, I guess, bright side of it is a few comic shops have been like in massive protests doing like, half off DC comics and dollar DC comics and all sorts of things, just like a big, you know, middle finger to DC, which as a consumer is helpful because fine, I can grab all the books for a relatively cheap price, um, even up into and including the recent uh, Batman run. That's, you know, like you said, 92 is coming out. So from a consumer point, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, from a shop perspective, I think it's troubling. And in general, I think it, it remains like a wait and see type of process to see what kind of manifests itself as more information comes out and how comic shops adapt. Because right now, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's good news at all. Um, 
but maybe there's plans for DC to be more, uh, I don't know, more of a productive method of distributing. I don't know what the issue is wrong with Diamond outside of money at the end of the day. But um, well, And like Kyle just said in the chat, yes, give it up. Kyle is in the chat. Kyle? Pay attention yeah, to that. Kyle's Kyle. in the chat. Um, they do have, <laughs> there are two options They're for no comic wrecked. shops They're for no DC wrecked. now. So it's, um, they can, they do have two different distributors that they're going to use. But the one, I'm trying to find the name of the the one distributor, uh, Lunar UCS Comic Distributors. That is, I believe that's the one that's directly through with Midtown. So it's like they're, they're working, if they order from them, they're ordering directly from direct competition. And then uh, hmm. the other one is Peng, uh, Penguin Random House. So... They're, they do have options there, but that's that's kind of what's causing the stir that you're seeing with like Mile High Com or, or not Mile High, sorry, Midtown. No, yeah, Mile High. Why did I say Midtown? Mile High <laughs> Comics um, and a lot of these other comic book shops saying that they're not going to carry DC books anymore. DC books are on sale. They're discounting their prices drastically. Twenty five cent uh, DC books. You have it's all crazy. these. You have all these shop owners attacking DC Comics for this. Because that they feel like they're being screwed over with this deal because, you know, if for whatever reason they can't get books from Penguin Random House and they have to use one of the other distributors, that distributor is coming from the direct competition. So That's you're, true. And you're, yep. You're the seeing that, that backlash from it. And it'll be interesting to see where, how it goes moving forward. Hmm. Yeah. I think they. I mentioned an article I was reading that basically DC was emboldened by the fact that their books at Walmart, the ten dollars books, had sold, I guess, moderately well. And like you said, their agreement with Random or Penguin and Random House. And yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Kyle says he's still not going to buy from Mile High, even with their DC sucks sale. So, oh, is there something? I'm interested to know. Okay, there's something there. You have to ask Kyle. I want to know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. But what do you think, yeah. Jay? Well, you know. In in all the years um, that that we've that I've been going to comic book stores, I have heard a lot of store owners just talking about how much Diamond sucks and how much how much you know the shenanigans they pull, and you know because they can, you know they ran the a monopoly. And there, yeah, there are a lot of comic book stores um, that are really upset. But, you know, if you read the some of the comments on, like, the Bleeding Cool post, there are a lot of store owners that are like, hey, awesome. Finally, someone stood up to these guys. Because have you ever seen – now, this is me being um, – uh, I don't – you know what? I'm not even going to go there. Just go there. Okay, okay, fine. Have you ever <laughs> seen the dude that, that runs Diamond? No. No. He looks like – old school like like he was could have been in the background in goodfellas i was oh, okay. <laughs> oh, like, like old school gangster huh kind, yeah he kind of does i'm like if i saw that dude in a dark room i'd check for plastic on the carpet you gotta get your you comments for me kid I, I, yeah you know yeah pretty much <laughs> and so i'm like so there's a lot of people that are like this is this is good and there's a lot of people that this is bad so I mean, as I mean, not to sound selfish, but as a consumer, if the books are there and they're priced right, uh, you know, I I'm not going to complain. But I think Corbin hit hit it right 
on the head when when you said it, it's bad timing, man. I mean, geez, we, we didn't get our books were so they're still being just you know spurts here and there, and and we're not getting anything regular, and we haven't got anything for you know a month for weeks, and now this, it's uh, like Jay it's, is completely right. I'm going to share my screen right now. His name is uh, Steve Jeppy. He does. He looks straight out of Goodfellas, man. Heck yeah, dude. Straight out of Goodfellas, dude. He he was I, born in little, little Italy, Baltimore. So yeah, it, it fits it. He's yeah, straight out of Goodfellas. He's gonna put a hit on you. Can you? Yeah, can you not he's use gonna, my he's name gonna, on this episode? Yeah, he's gonna whack you. <laughs> Corbin, can you come start my car in the morning? <laughs> You're gonna get it whacked, bro. Oh man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, but that's that's interesting. I remember I was saying a lot of people as consumers, I thought um made the same bleeding cool um article, but like Jesse James comments like, hey, we're still gonna sell them, people are still gonna buy them. I think that that is kind of the attitude that consumers have majority. You know, I'm I guess if I if I was more invested like with comic um with my local comic shop and how they get books, I'm definitely gonna reach out and have a conversation about it because I want to know more yeah, just yeah. from that perspective and see what they feel. But I mean. I'm gonna get the books either way. Um, you know, their fight isn't my fight in terms of as long as I get my Batman 92, I'll be okay. But um, it is interesting to see how it all plays out. And also, is this just a minor little footnote or is this a sign of larger things to come in the comic book industry? I don't know. Well, like Kyle just said in the chat, and I think a lot of people are gonna share his sentiment. He says that, see, I'm mostly a DC guy. If my shop were not to carry DC, I'd go to another shop for my entire comic needs. And I think that's what, so would I. how a lot of so people are I. gonna be. Yeah, they're not gonna be... I don't think there's a reason to be shop specific. You're going to go where you can get your books. Like as a consumer, you're going to go where you can get that product. And yeah, just, Why it's, it's just going to be interesting to see, like, you know, I think my, my big question is what are they going to do for all these shops that have already pre-ordered Joker war? And yeah. well, so, will be made. yeah, is it like they're going to have July cutoff date? So there's a, you know, up their orders up to then are, are going to be diamond. And then, moving forward are they going to get a refund is that money going to automatically just pivot it over to their new distributors are they going to get some sort of credit diamond's not going to want to give that money back diamond can't already afford to pay their you know their people so who who knows how this is going to be it's going to be an interesting an interesting situation we're going to watch play out and i would love to be able to talk to some shop owners i might talk to to matt from surprise comics um on wednesday when i go in there and see his thoughts about it uh try to talk to Esteban from uh, Fantastic World, get his thoughts on it. Ken yeah. from Drawn to Comics, get his thoughts on I'll it. I'll talk to uh, Howard, see who already has an agreement with a different distributor, so I know we'll be fine there, but just to get the perspective. Yeah, see if I can talk to Mike from uh, Mike from uh, Samurai to get his perspective on it and just kind of get, get do a general consensus or a temperature feel of the local shops and see how they feel about it and where they stand and all that. So I like it. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Um. Kyle says, and comics are a luxury too. Not want to make sure their customers are happy is cre- is not. Uh, yeah, gr- agree. They should make sure they're happy. But all right. So before we'll we'll end the show with a uh, buyer pass for next week. But go ahead. Corbin's been waiting, oh. waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had a discussion two episodes ago about comic book random boxes and whether they're worth your money or not. And, and so Corbin, start off by telling how much did you pay for this? Uh twenty bucks, twenty-five bucks. Twenty-five no, bucks. bucks. All right, so twenty-seven bucks. Yep, shipping had included. Um, and this was for 
I guess the high now, mind you, take it with a grain of salt. I want to test it out. So this was the high grade, like dollar bin five pound mystery box. So, so what we're what we're gonna do if is I, well, I don't I don't know. Maybe we should do. Let's see if we can do it like that. Hold on. Um. Ooh, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> <Done. laughs> All so right. you spotted some goodies, I see. I mean, I just see I'm just see a lot of books. I'm just happy it's a lot of books. Um, I don't know what's in there yet, but I'm ready when. How many books do you think are in there? Count them up, bro. Yeah. Well, no, I'll count them as I take them out. But I got my invoice right here. You know, I don't care if any. Is my address on that? Huh? Whatever. No, I don't show your address. I'm not showing my address. All right, Ooh, 19. See, not bad. The shipping and handling was an extra. Well, because I want to know how much, how many books are in there. Because what I was gonna do is I was gonna run them through eBay and go by what's eBay prices. Let's do it. To to get the total value of what you got to see if what you actually received was worth the money you paid, and then okay. that'll definitively break down whether or not comic book random boxes are <laughs> worth your time or not. That sounds like a plan. I'm ready when you are. Oh, I see one that looks old school. One of the most eagerly anticipated games in 1996. Okay. All right, so go ahead. Let's go ahead and, and draw them, show them to the, the camera. Oh, they're not bagged or boarded. And Jay, do you think you can, if I when I get off the price, do you think you could write it down? Do what now? Okay, so what I'm going to have Corbin do is he's going to show the book. I'm going to look it up on eBay, see what the eBay price is. I'll give you the price that it's selling for or recently sold for. Okay. And then you write that down. And then when we're, we're all done, we'll go through, tally it up, give us the total, and we'll see if the value he, he got in return is greater or less than or equal to what he paid. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. To see if these are worth your time and money. All right. Well, they come in. Um, they're just a bunch of comics. No bags or boards. They're just books. So. Oh, already off to a bad start. Already <laughs> off to a bad start. Goddamn heathens. Book. You goddamn <laughs> heathens. If you're not going to send your books and bags and boards. Yep. Uh, so first one, Step Back Steel 26. Natasha's in the house. Interesting looking book. I'll keep it moving. Step, yep, step back, back steel. steel 26. I have that yep. on. Okay, well, we'll just keep <laughs> moving then. Second one. Oh, another steel 28. Steel 28. Plasmus attacks. Oh, Peter J. Tomasi. Oh, I'm sorry. Step back steel was just steel. Step back was part of the title. My bad. Like, just, okay. you know. So steel, steel twenty six, steel twenty eight. I've never Valiant presents the chaos effect. So steel twenty eight is a dollar sixty four. Okay. Okay. All right. Then. <laughs> steel twenty six. Steel twenty six is um. That's not not Superman. Steel 26 is also coming in at a dollar. Fine. Dollar even? Yeah. Dollar, okay. dollar even. Okay. All right. Valiant presents the chaos effect. Blog part one. Um, not really sure who's behind this. I guess I'll run through the creative team. Kevin Van Hook as the writer. Louis Small Jr. as the penciler. Uh, okay. That's the Chaos Effect Epilogue Part One. That's then also we got, a dollar. Then we got Robotech. 
the Macross saga. As seen on TV. Now I've heard of that before. What issue of Robotech? Um, eight. My bad. I mean, I guess is it so far. It's Robotech. What's the, the? Is it the new generation? No, just uh, just Robotech the Macross saga. Okay, dollar twenty-seven. Okay. <sighs> um, Muties, the Changeling. Anybody remember that little limited series, Muties? This is number one. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Muties number one. Not bad. I'll check it out later. Muties number one is um, last one sold for nine for ten bucks. Oh, wow. there we go. That's a big one. That's a big money, big money, big money. <laughs> All right, um, let's go to the next one here. But the majority of them are selling for ninety nine cents. So okay, listen, don't kill me here. All right, Warrior <laughs> Nun. <laughs> I think we're going ninety nine cents on that one. Rituals, yeah. Decent looking cover, don't we agree? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, who's the house publishing house for this? What one? what number is that? Um, number one. That was. Oh, it came out my the the year I was born, ninety five. That was Warrior Nun. Yes. Uh, that's actually a good one because it's a uh, anticipated Netflix. Option, Ooh. so that is actually going uh, for twenty bucks. Bingo! That's, well, that one right go. there is is worth. <laughs> is it a first printing? Show me the show me the cover. Oh, down yeah. a little bit. Mm. Go no, bring it down. I need to see the full cover. So that's a very so the one that's gone for twenty is a variant. Oh, fudge. Um. That's going. That one's five. That one you've got is five. Oh, so it's still not okay. bad. Five bucks. Not bad. All right, Mike Grell, Shaman's Tears. Um, and this is an image book. Is it? And is it I think that's Shaman's Tears, buddy. Shaman, Shaman. I can't read. Um, Shaman's Tears. I'm glad that we take comic book advice from a dude who can't read. Um, I also work at a library, so watch yourself there. What? What, <laughs> what number is it? Um, number three. Number three. I think it's gonna take forever. Yeah, um, I mean, I can run through them. You can tell me if there's a big book you see. Shaman's Tears, number three. You're looking about two fifty. Okay, we have uh, Andy Diggle and Enrique Brescia on Swamp Thing number five. Life during wartime. Vertigo. From the vertical line. Also, they promoted Aliens vs. Predator back in the day, then. Oh, that's the that Vertigo Swamp thing? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. The Watching was big. Hellblazer was being promoted. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That, that's a $2 it's book. Dang it. Okay. Moving on. Uh, another Mike Grell. Uh, Maggie. Uh, the Cat. Ooh, looking feisty. Maggie the cat. <laughs> That's the number one, if that helps with anything. 
Oh, I knew this was going to be old when it's promoting RoboCop 3. That's yeah, a $2 book. Okay, this is just fun. Um, let's try to speed this up here. Uh, pl- Plasma? Yeah, Marvel's Mightiest Heroes. Couldn't make it, so these guys have to save the day. Great. Um, number two, Plasma. That's a dollar twenty-five. Okay. I mean, at this point, it looks like I'm going to break even. Reka, uh, number four. Gotta say, never heard of some of these. This is going to expand my comic knowledge immensely. Oh, but it's all black and white. That's a $2 book. Okay. <sighs> Vip. Can't escape these. Every time I open a mystery box, I get one. Vigilante. You don't like Vigilante? Vigilante number 49. Suggested for mature readers. On the back, promoting Blackhawk, Blood and Iron by Howard Chaikin. What number was it? Uh, 49. Vigilante, 49. That's a $3, uh, $3 book. $3 book? All right. That is also Ooh. the pen ultimate issue. So it's a oh, look at that. It looks like the Skull anime. Man. A Tokyo Pop manga. The Skull Man. Oh. Yeah. It looks interesting. Not going to attempt to butcher the names when I couldn't even say Shayman. Shaman. <laughs> number one if that helps with anything number also one. black and white huh. look at that artwork oh, that's pretty good that yeah. is a uh, $3 book okay uh, the gear station number three <laughs> never heard of this looks like Tomb Raider yeah. the gear station number three that's a $2 book okay uh, Impact Comics, The Black Hood. Uh, number four, The Coming of the Crusaders. Uh, and while he does that, I will attempt to find the creative team. Makes for great audio content. <laughs> Developed for Impact Comics and written by Mark Wheatley. Designed and drawn by Rick Burchett. Two dollar book, lovely. Scare Tactics, a number 11, A Death in the Family. Scare Tactics, number 11. I, and, uh, hmm. It promoted the movie Half-Baked. $2 book. <laughs> okay. Len Kaminsky wrote it with Anthony Williams, the penciler. Uh, Siege, number three. Siege, number three. Also, I see myself splurging this upcoming, well, depending on what I spend buying more comics on a high-end comic box just for another... These That's a $1 possible. book. Okay, dokey, moving on. Um, you know, you want to run through some and just see if there's any that you think are interesting to worth pull up? Yeah, you're, yeah. you're already past... You're already at, like, at 33 bucks. There you go. Oh, okay, I'm not mad. All right. So Propeller. the value's there, but... I'll read I'll read through all the covers. Propeller Man. Yeah. Uh, Ultraverse Wrath. <laughs> This is uh, this is very typical from my experience of, of yeah. mystery boxes. Kazar, yay! Mm-hmm. I was so hyped for Kazar. Um, Grendel, oh, Grendel, the Grendel, Grendel. Uh, Midnight Nation. All right, Red Prophet. Uh, Orson Scott Card with the Marvel. Interesting. Um, Kaboom. 
Jeff Loeb. Um, Doll one. Jim Starlin's Dreadstar. Ooh, drop that. Can't do that with these books with no bag or board. Dreadstar. <laughs> number two. Vigil. Fall from Grace. Arvin Loudermilk and Mike Iverson. That cover JSA like Classified. Thank you for that. Really good about <laughs> JSA Classified. Superboy number 11. Oh, it's Connor. There we go. Yep. Um... Siege again, so nice. Had to get it twice. That Orson Scott card book might be worth a little something. I'm, I'm intrigued to check that out. Another yeah. Gear Station. Which, which book? The Orson Scott card, um, Marvel collab. It was, um, let me find it here. I just I ran through a Red Prophet Tales of Alvin Maker, number six. Red Prophet. Um, you also have Exiles number seven. Um, nice. New Universal with Warren Ellis and Salvador Laroga. Oh, cool. Interesting. Uh, Wild Times DV8. Don't know what that is. Um, Cerebus? Hmm. Okay. Interesting. It's a $2 book. Really? That sucks. <laughs> X, X51 with the classic Hulk got milk on the back. <laughs> um, X Machina. Um, oh, weird. Classically promoting Blade Trinity on the back. Um, Mortal, Troops and Legends. So ultimately, this book, I got a lot of books for what I paid for. I didn't get a lot of good books for what I paid so for. So you got a lot of quantity. For your for your value, but not yeah. quality. Nope, I did not. Swearing Star, and then last but not least, oh, that sucks. DC Nation. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think the consensus is. Uh, but it's, it must no, be a Mahai variant. It's that's a no. Uh, it's so it's a Mahai variant. It's so shitty it it froze your internet. That's. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say it's a no on the. Uh, the <laughs> it's it's a my variant. Well, that's still that's still a big fat no for me on them random boxes. I think. I mean, yeah, that's very like I said. It's it, I, that's exactly what I remember them being like. <laughs> that's a lot of nonsense. Yeah. I mean, yes, you only spent twenty bucks and you got your value if you were to part it out and sell every single one of them. But there's nothing in there that's of like it, it's all offshoot. Comics. There's no ASMs, no no Batmans, no you know um, nothing like that. So it's all pretty much fodder. It's a whole bunch of fodder with really nothing um, to write home about. Nineteen bucks, eight dollars shipping and handling. Um, five pound mystery box. Yeah, uh, I will probably have to splurge and go high end before I call it a day on them. But uh, yeah, first, I mean, I guess I have a lot of. Uh, X fifty one tied me over and it's a mystery, <laughs> mystery box. You, like I said last the time when we talked, if you're a comic book collector and you're looking to expand your collection vastly and get into some new books, you got some number ones in there, so you can't complain about that. But you got mm -hmm. no quality. You got quantity, got no quality. So I yeah, think you'd have I a have harder time selling those books from what eBay's got them for because there's a lot of them on eBay. But I think you definitely got more than your money's worth, but the quality isn't there. So. I have to agree. I have to agree. Better luck next time, I guess. 
All right. So let's get to that portion of our show where we run down next week's new, uh, outcoming books and we will tell you whether we're going to be buying or passing. Remember, this is a Marvel week. This is a Marvel week, so we will have new Marvel books this week. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Let's see if there's anything good coming out from Boom Studios. Something is killing the children number seven. Yes. That's Jay's all on board for that one. That's a, that's a pass for me just because I'm not reading the series, although I hear great things about it. Uh, Dito for myself. Uh, let's see. Going down Dark Horse. Um, nothing coming from Dark Horse. Really, unless you're looking for American Gods. Volume 3 of American Gods comes out from Dark Horse. DC Man. Comics. We have uh, Batman 92. I think that's a that's a go for all of us, I think. Oh. Yeah, that's a go for all of us. That's the, big, the big cover is that Art Germ cover. First cover appearance. Here you go, guys. First cover appearance of um, I just forgot her name now. God damn it! Uh, flip. I just said it um, myself. Um, not how are we? How are we? Punchline. Punchline. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. How can I forget that? First cover appearance yeah. of Punchline. Batman I kept Two. So uh, the Stanley Arjun cover. So that's definitely a go for all of us. Uh, Batman Secret Files number three. Maybe you said Batman Secret Files. Yeah, I might check it out. I've been kind of partial to all the Batman titles, so it that's might be something I look at. That's a negative for me. Batman Adventures continues number one. Yep, Yay. <laughs> that's continuing of the classic animated series. You have to. Nay. Batman Grave. <laughs> Batman Grave number twenty-seven. Or sorry, Batman Grave twenty. Or, God damn it, Batman Grave seven. Nah. Uh, um, DC goes to war hardcover. There's a hardcover for you. Corbin. DC goes to war. Yeah, so it says. Okay, I might have to check that out. I'm still waiting for my uh, Dark Multiverse hardcover, so I might hold off of uh, oh, any more. Event Leviathan checkmate number one. Oh, jeez, no. no, I don't yeah, think that's so. No, for me either. Flash seventy five. Or sorry, Flash seven fifty five. Yes. Nah. No. Harley Quinn seventy three. I think that's the last of the current run. Is this gonna be? Is this tying into Joker War? Uh, I does doubt not it. Say so. It's too early. Yeah, I it's doubt it only because it's the last of the, of the current creative team on it right now. It's like a uh, uh, well, that book's uh, getting no. canceled anyway. So yeah. Uh, here's Corbin. If you got one hundred and fifty dollars, burn a hole in your pocket. Infinite Crisis Omnibus Hardcover. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. Maybe bucks. so. No, I'm already going. I'm trying to buy comics with you next week. Nah, can't do it. I hope you guys saved your pennies from this week's uh, short or small week because we have Joker 80th Anniversary 100-page special spectacular. That's easily a $10 book. Um, I'm all in for this book 100%. You got covers by Greg Capullo, Arthur Adams, David Finch, um, Jim Lee, uh, Jock. There's so many, so many variant covers for this book. Um, and some of them are just absolutely spectacular looking too. So uh, this is mm. going to be a, a book that I think is, is going to hold a lot. This is, I think there's going to be some play in the joke war with this one. I'm super excited for this, but you're looking well, at like a short. Origin is going to be in that one. You're looking at, at you're looking at a ten dollar book. There you go. You're looking at a ten dollar book easily. Um, oh no doubt. 
on on this cover. I'm trying to see if some of these covers are, are really good. The Capula one's good. I'm trying to see some of these other ones here real quick. There's just so many. It looks like the Jock cover. The Jock. I think the Jock cover is sick. Is super sick. I don't know. Let me get your guys' opinion here. I pre-ordered the Jock cover. So you already got on it? Oh, wow. I do mm. like that one. It's, it's interesting. Jock is, is, he puts a nice, interesting touch on it. And I like the colors on that. It's a whack. Uh, this is the, here's the, the Jim That's Lee. That's where life is going off by myself, Gabby. The Jim Lee cover. Yep. The 70s variant. Um, here's it's the okay. Capullo cover. Mm, I don't like Capullo on Joker. Oh, but I do like that one. Well, that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I say that, eat your words. <laughs> Here's the uh, Arthur Adams 40s variant cover. Classic. Mm. Classic. Mm. It's just stylish. Let me uh, see the 80s. You want to see the 80s? Yep. Uh, Bill, I think it's, I forgot his face. There's the 80s one. Oh, not a not a big fan of that one. No, me neither. Del Otto. 90s. The Del Otto's cover is sick too. Mm. There's a lot of sick covers, but I, I went with the Jock. I, I felt like the Jock was was the best one of them all. It's a pretty good looking book. I will say that. I agree. Uh Justice League 46. Yes. Um, yeah. I was picked out from the last issue where they were uh, captured the mascara. Yeah, I'll be picking that up. Justice League Odyssey 21. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> Lois Lane 11. No. That's a no for me as well. Nightwing 71. Yes. I might take a look at that, yeah. Uh, all right. That is DC um, Dynamite. Dyna, No. <laughs> Yeah, they don't really <laughs> have anything. Vampirella, Red Sonya, number eight. That's like all they ever put out. Yeah. <laughs> Red Sonya, number 45. <laughs> uh, IDW Publishing, Cobra Kai, The Karate Kid Saga continues, number four. Passola. Uh, Mountainhead, number four. I don't even know. Uh, even... Who? No. <laughs> <laughs> Image. We're going into image now. Let's see. Ice Cream Man number 19. I am all in for that one. That book Man. is uh has grown on me. Um Philadelphia number six. That's a pass Man. for me. Yeah. Undiscovered country number six. Nah. Die 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 number 10. No. Marvel, we have Black Cat 11. No, that book started off really strong and then it just kind of Daredevil 20. Yes. I might look into it, but no, not right now. Deadpool 5. Mm, yes. Kelly Thompson's been actually doing a pretty good job of that. Miles okay. Morales, Spider Man 17. Okay. Possibly. And New Mutants number 10. No. Yeah, there's not a lot out there for me this week. I mean, the the two, the Batman and the Joker, those are the two I'm on top of. I feel like we're going to look at them and go, okay, I like it, I like it. Get to the shop and then go like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then come out with two and be right here. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm really excited for the Batman Adventure. I know it's been online for the longest time, but just to get my hands on a print copy. In fact, I should call my LCS to put it aside for me. If you're an Oni Press fan or Oni Press fan, Rick and Morty go to hell number one. Huh, uh, Red fun. 5 Comics has zero day threat number one. Titans has Snowpiercer Volume 1. If you're watching the, if you're a fan of the series and you're watching the TV show, there's that for you. But that rounds out the new release books that are coming out for next week. Um, well, this week, 6 10 2020. Those are, uh, that's what you're looking at. So there's a lot, but yet not a lot. I think the DC books are the ones that are the most tantalizing and mouthwatering this week. Um, especially Batman 92. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, if you have not pre-ordered from your LCS, your copies of Batman 92, or it's not on your pull list, please call them right now. Get that book on your pull list because I think that's going to be a book that's going to be hard to find. It's going to be a book that I think is going to sell out. It's going to be hard to find. The The thing with these, uh, since the post-corona um, books is we don't know their print run. We don't know. It seems like, especially the Marvel books, their print runs have been lower. Um, they're not printing as many books, and, and they've canceled a lot of books. So we're kind of in a gray area. But if you want these Joker War books, please contact your LCS, your local comic shop. Please make sure to get them on your pull list because we don't know the print run on these. Uh, I'm sure the Joker 80th anniversary there is going to be pretty heavy. Uh, I know a lot of stores probably ordered heavy on Batman 92, but there's going to be something about this book. This book has been sought after. It's been looked after. Punchline is exploding in like Harley Quinn per, like proportions. So, look, you know, if if it's a book you want, please make sure to get it on your pull list because we def, you don't definitely don't want to miss out on that and then go into eBay to try and pay eBay prices for it because they're no just going to be stupid. So. There is that. But um, do any guys got anything else this week? Any other books you're looking forward to? Any sleepers you think people need to check out? Um, Actually, um, I've been reading um, Mark Wade's Doctor Strange. Um, I think they're on issue four so far. Um, I, I picked them all up just before the whole Corona lag. And it's actually really good. It's really, I was really surprised how good it is. Um, so I'll throw that in there. <laughs> well, I mean, Mark Wade, legendary, you know? Yeah, I'm a little shocked that there's no, uh, no number ones from, uh, uh, I guess, Faithless number one from Boom. I might check that out. Faithless two number one. I might check that out as far as the number one, but Image doesn't really have any number ones next week or. There's not a whole lot of number ones floating there unless they're just not on the list. Um, I have them all in my mystery box. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Corbin's got them all in that mystery box. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, I'm the same. You want Wandering Star number one, you have to go through me. <laughs> but um, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this week's episode of Tales from the Spinner Wreck. Guys, if you had a good time, I want to thank everyone for joining us in the chat today and being very, very vocal. Uh, if you had a good time, please make sure that like and subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up on this video. Make sure to hit that uh, bell icon so notifications are turned on when you are a, so you're notified when we go live every Sunday at three o'clock p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. 
uh, yeah, if you are listening to this playback on Tuesday and you and enjoyed what you heard and this is your first time here, please make sure to leave us a review. Hit that subscribe button. Um, reviews help us so much in the podcasting standings to move up and down and get on that new and noteworthy page, which is what we're striving for. Uh, we're going to start in July across all Absolute Geek platforms. We're going to start a, uh, a strive for subscribers push. So we're going to be pushing on that heavily and giving you maybe giveaways and stuff like that to, to heavily push um, new subscribers into the channel. So hopefully you can all be a part of that and get the word of mouth out about your love for the absolute geek podcast, uh, audio ammunition, or even, even though audio ammunition is not an absolute geek property, he, he's Jay's still on the show, you know, so you got to give Jay some love. Oh, there too. Of and Tales cool. spinner rack. So we're going to try and get that uh, subscriber push going and kicked off in July. Um, but yeah, for this week's episode of Tales from the Spinner Rack, I am Matt. I'm Corbin. I'm Jay. Saying remember to um, remember to support your local comic shops, keep them bag and boarded, and always strive for Excelsior. And we'll see you guys next time. Same Spinner Rack time. Same Spinner Rack place. Same Spinner Rack channel. Same Corbin Ford face. <laughs> I was laughing at my lame joke. Opening up more, more uh, comic random boxes disgraces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was pretty. This was pretty interesting.